0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Okay, are you ready for tonight? Are you ready to learn God's Word? Alright, we will continue from where we stopped. Let's let's get ready. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So we're looking at this whole subject of St. Christ in the Old Testament. And then it's very important because the scriptures were written or the scripture is written to be studied. Praise God. The scripture is written to be studied now in 2 Timothy chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 the, the word of God Paul was writing to Timothy and he, 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 talked, he described to us how the scriptures came But he gave us the purpose, the ultimate purpose of scriptures. Now, it says, and that from childhood, you have known the sacred writings. And I I told you that the word sacred writings there is the word what? Scriptures. You have known the sacred writings which are able... To give you the wisdom. Now pay very close attention to this. What wisdom does the scripture give to us? Can we see it? What scripture. What wisdom does the scripture give to us? The wisdom that leads to what? Now you've got to pay attention to that. That. You know, there is wisdom for living, there is wisdom to manage relationship. Praise God. And there's wisdom in all of those aspects. But the primary purpose of Scripture is the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, when you pay attention to that, you will realize that this is the summary of the Christian faith. This is the summary of Christianity. This is the primary purpose of the Bible. The primary purpose of the scriptures is to give to us the wisdom that leads to salvation. Then he tells us the method of salvation. True faith. Which is where? In Christ Jesus. Which means that salvation primarily is a product of faith in Christ. So, there are not many ways to God. Muslims and Christians, we are not serving the same God. We we need to clarify that. You say, our own is Yahweh, their own is Allah. No. mm -mm. It's not change of name. Are, Are you following what I'm saying? Love and light is not your religion. You know, people say, I just wish you love and light. Just love and light. This is not wisdom for love and light. It is, scriptures are clear. Now, you must understand that scripture is absolute. It's absolute. Your, your worldview should be absolute. Now, let me tell you something. The scriptures does not permit us to act based on what what is your opinion? No, the scripture is clear on things that are absolute. Are you following that? Come on, are you following this? Then he progresses to say, all scripture is inspired by God. The word inspired by God is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed; is inspired by God. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So all scriptures came from God, inspired by God. Now, I said last Wednesday that always remember the purpose of scripture is to reveal, not conceal truth. What's the purpose of scripture? To reveal and not what? Concealed. That means that scripture does not hide truth. Scripture is designed to do what? To reveal truth. Praise God. Okay. Now, there are two scriptures that came to my mind in the office. I just want us to read Romans chapter 1. Okay. Let's just read this and I'll, I'll fit it somewhere. Romans 1... 2-5 Romans 1 2-5 Paul verse 1 Paul a born servant of Christ Jesus called as an apostle set apart for the gospel of God now read this verse very carefully because Paul is going to start giving a definition What the gospel of God is So he says Set apart for the gospel of God Which he Capital H-E there Talking about God Promised beforehand Pay close attention to that The gospel Was promised beforehand What, What does beforehand mean? Someone says before your hand. What does beforehand mean? Before now? Before time. I like that. Before time. Right. So that means there was a gospel that was promised before that particular time. Fantastic. Which he promised beforehand through who? Through his what? Prophets you know uh last wednesday is like i went very fast how many of you thought i was so fast on wednesday it was pretty fast okay so i'm slow now now pay attention to this the gospel of god was promised beforehand but there were certain people that were used to proclaim this promise who were these people the prophets. Pay attention to this. It means that the primary purpose of the prophets were actually to speak about the gospel and the promise of God. So that means when we read the prophets, what we should look for in the prophet is this promise. Now, you've got to understand something. Uh, Nobody knew how Jesus would look. Nobody could... Because many people came that they were Jesus. Nobody knew how the Messiah would look. So, they had to make sure that they saw the Messiah. That's what we're going to talk about. They had to make sure that they saw the Messiah through the eyes of the Scriptures. So, the prophets spoke beforehand the promise in the Holy Scriptures. So, so when they picked up the Holy Scriptures... What they saw in the scriptures was the promise of the prophets. Very important. 3, verse 3, very important. Concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh. So, what that means was that the salvation that will come through Jesus, they had to identify this man. But this man called Jesus, who is the mediator of the new covenant, has to come from the seed of David. How will they know that this man will come from the seed of David? Because of what the prophets prophesied about David. So, if a man came from the tribe of Benjamin and said, I'm the Messiah, of course it was not consistent with the prophets are you following this now so you realize that from genesis god had been speaking about the seed of david the root of david the house of david and he talks about the sure mercies of david and the promises of god to david was that no you will not lack a man who will sit on the throne and that culminated in what in the in the in the person of jesus so that means, if we were living in the Old Testament, we would be careful about washing the house of David. So Jesus had to come from a specific lineage. So that it would be consistent with the prophet. Now understand something. The, the, the scripture says that the scripture is inspired, you know, holy men of old roads as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, these prophets lived at different times first Peter will tell us how they got into there but this prophet lived at different times but all their prophetic words were consistent pointing to the Messiah okay now 4 verse 4 Romans 1 who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness Jesus Christ our lord so uh, in that verse three and verse four, it tells us about the nature of Jesus it tells us about his humanity and it tells us about his divinity right right are you there yes, that according to the flesh he was the seed of David, but according to the spirit he was the son of God being raised from the dead okay now Romans Now, you, you, it's, it's a, it's a lot of reading. Then he, he goes on and goes on and goes on and goes on and goes on. Then in verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for what? Salvation to everyone who believes. Now pay attention to the order. To who first? The Jews. And what? To the Greek. For in it, what is the it? Find X. How many of you were in class when they always say find X? I don't like that question. What is the it? Find it. What is the it? Pay attention now. What's the it? You're correct now, is there? It's open book test. For in it, in what? In the gospel, what is revealed? Righteousness. The righteousness of God is revealed. That is why Abraham was counted righteous. Because he was the first man to hear the gospel. Are you following this? because until a man hears the gospel he cannot be righteous so in it in the salvation message the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed for it is written for the righteous man shall live by faith so you know that the just shall live by faith is not when talking about believing your shoes When he says the just man shall live by faith, it means the man who is justified by believing the gospel lives by the faith of that justification that came when he believed the gospel. He doesn't live by works. Praise God. All right. So, go to Romans chapter 9. Romans 9. Verse 5. Can we read from verse 1 to give us perspective? I'm telling the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies this with me in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Verse 4. Who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption as sons, the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the temple services, and the promises. If if you look at that, there, there are a lot of things that Paul listed there. It talks about the adoption of sons. It talks about the glory. It talks about the covenants. It talks about the giving of the Lord. It talks about the temple service. And it talks about the promises. All right. All of this was significant in talking about the Christ. So, for instance, when we talk about the... the, the, the in, for the temple sacrifice, for instance, and the high priest will take the goats the book of Leviticus called the scapegoats and will confess all the sins of the children of Israel on the goats and will lead and release the goats out there right. you know Christ became our scapegoat he took all our sins Jesus had to be crucified outside the city because the prophet said so he had to be crucified he had to rise on the third day so for instance when they asked Jesus give us a sign he says this generation you will not have any sign except the the sign of Noah so when Noah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights it's not just a good story it signified to us what? the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus it changes how we see it. The Bible no longer becomes the book of Bible stories. It becomes a book that unveils to us Christ. Praise God. When we read about the Passover lamp, we realize that Christ has now become our Passover lamp. Okay? So when you look at the temple, don't have the picture of the temple, right? We look at the temple out of called the holy place, and you go into the most holy place, and then you have the ark, and you have the cherubims, and the cherubim with their face touching each other, and in between that cherubim, in between that cherubim on the ark is the mercy seat, and the, the, the high priest had to take the blood every year, cleanse the people, and go to sprinkle it on the mercy seat but you realize that when Jesus came he entered that place once and for all, and made the mercy seat open So it wasn't only the high priest that could get into the mercy seat. So in the book of Hebrews, he said, you can now come boldly to the throne of grace so that you might obtain mercy. So when you see the ark, you could see Christ. All of those are pictures of the ark. The setting of the children of Israel, how they stood in the wilderness, how they surrounded the ark, all signified and points to the coming of the Messiah. And that was their burden. That was their heart. And and, and one of the strongest challenges they had. Well, let's read verse 5. Whose are the fathers? And from whom is the Christ? According to the flesh. So, it, it, it is from the according to the flesh. We see the Christ. And I told you, Christ is the word what? Messiah. The anointed one the anointed one the messiah thank you lord now go to romans 3 again 21 romans 3:21 Remember what Paul said in what we read about the gospel being heard by the Jews first and then the Greeks. Okay? Romans three twenty one. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ for all those who believe for there is no what distinction so when the gospel is heard there is no distinction there is no separation the jews are not more righteous than you today no it's the same blood that washes your sin away that also washes their sins away praise the name of the lord right Now, 1 Timothy 3.16 1 Timothy 3.16 Pay very close attention to this uh, let's, let's read By common confession Great is the mystery of godliness Now this is why the the old testament was very kind of important to them because this just tells us everything about redemption right he was revealed the king james who use the word manifested he was revealed in the flesh now the key is how will they get the revelation of jesus the man who was revealed in the flesh how will they identify that this man is revealed They had to do that by the scriptures. He was revealed in the flesh, was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. The mystery of godliness. He was revealed in the flesh. He was revealed in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations. Believed on in the world. Taken up in glory. These few lines are very poetic expressions of the life of Jesus. Right? Summary. How many of you remember Solomon Grundy? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah? You remember that? Okay. What was it about? Solomon Grundy? What was it about? What what happened to him on Monday? You don't remember again? Born on Monday, what happened to him on Tuesday? What happened to him on Wednesday? He married on Wednesday? On Thursday, what happened? He took ill. He didn't didn't give birth. And what happened to him on Friday? What happened? He died on Friday. He didn't make it up to Saturday. Alright, so that's the brief life of Solomon Grundy. Just one week. Alright this is the brief of jesus revealed in the flesh vindicated in the spirits seen by the angels proclaimed among the nations believed in the world but thank god he didn't die on friday he rose and was taken up in glory hallelujah without the resurrection there's no christianity without the resurrection of jesus There is no Christianity. Believers should be big on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. No other religion can lay claims to the resurrection of the God they worship. No one. No other God can claim that he rose from the dead. And the claim is substantiated all over the world. Thousands of years. You know, people have fought the gospel People have vowed that the gospel will not prevail. People have said all kinds of things against the gospel. Maligned the gospel. Maligned the Bible. Said all kinds of things about God. But thank God that he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, Romans 3.21. Romans 3.21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets... Testify, bear witness to. All right, testify, bear witness to. So I want you to pay attention to that. Now let's go to First Peter chapter one, verse ten, which we'll anchor on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Peter chapter one, and verse ten. Now it's important for us to realize that every one of the either prophets or uh, apostles stayed consistent with the claims of scriptures. First Peter chapter one. Let's read from verse verse ten. As to this salvation the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches. We talked about this on Wednesday, but I really want to slowly go to it. What did they make? Careful searches. All right? And inquiries. How many of you know that if you use the word inquiry, it means you're looking for something? Right? If you use the word careful search, right? If I tell you, I'm looking for uh, my needle. Search for it carefully, right? I wouldn't use careful search if I was not really looking for something important. Do you, do you agree with that? Okay. So that they make careful searches and inquiries. Okay, seeking to know. So it tells us the object of that search. Seeking to know what? What person or time? Two things that they were searching for is the person and the time. Right? The Spirit of Christ within them, remember, holy men of old wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. We talked about that. The sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. Verse Verse 12. It has revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which the angels long to look. Do you remember what, Peter, what Paul said in 1 Timothy? That the angels did what? Looked into it. I, 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 I don't want to... I, I think it's very important that we understand the ministry of angels in the body of Christ. Uh, most of us our concept of angels is from Christmas card okay so we've got uh, uh, fat angels with trumpets that looks like bubble bees with wings two trumpets facing each other or we've uh, we've watched a lot of you know cartoons where an angel is flying from heaven and they always have long trumpets with wings. Let, let me tell you this, right? Very important. The, the Lord was very careful about warning the children of Israel about making images of what they see. And that is why you discover in the scripture he, he, uh, uh, the Lord warned them that they should not make any image. Many times, we try to use our mind... To, to capture what we read in the scriptures. And that's why I'll tell you something. If you're a very good Bible student and you want to study the Bible, you also have to be very careful when you watch some Christian films. Because some Christian films, if they acted the way it is written in the Bible, it will not make sense. So they have to add a couple of things. So if you have watched Moses a lot, it will conflict with what you are reading in the Bible. So that's the image that you have in your mind. You know, they have to act it in such a way that it's presentable. But when we talk about angels... For instance uh, Many times We do not realize That angels In the scriptures Were not just Fairy creatures Were not just winged creatures Are, Are you following this? The man that appeared to Abraham Was called angels In the book of Revelation The pastors of the church We're called angels. Now, the word angels is the Greek word angelos, which means messengers. So, actually, uh, the ministry of angels was more of um, uh, people being sent on message by the Lord. Alright? Sent on errands and that's why you see that he says the law was given by the angels. You you just find that all through the old testament and then they had different manifestations. So it's important not to just cage your mind on one aspect of angels. Some of you had met angels you did not know. Yeah, that's true. Some of you have met, some of you angels delivered you. Stood in a dark place crying, nobody and a bike man just showed up from nowhere and carried you. And then you go and say, "Ah, I saw one aboki man." <laughs> I mean, do you understand that? Because your concept is if it was an angel from the Lord, he should be flying with trumpet. I've come to rescue you. Enter, let's go. Enter, let's go. When you watch too much of Superman mixed with African magic and all of this, it makes you not to be able to understand scriptures. Some of you have also beaten angels. All right, first Peter. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which now has been announced to you through those who preach the gospel by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things in which the angels long to look. Now, why did he say that? Because, and I've said this many times, angels did not understand salvation. Angels are not redeemed. That's why man is greater than angels. Angels are sent forth to minister to what? To the heirs of salvation. So, angels value what you have. They desire to look into it. They, they, that's why the book of Psalms says, Who is man that you are mindful of him? That you make him a little lower. Now, that's a very wrong translation. He didn't use the word a little lower than angels. Man is never lower than angel. Genesis 1:26 tells us man was created in the image of God. Now, the translators were afraid to use the word that was used there. The word that was used there is the word Elohim. Made a little lower than God made a little lower than god that's who you are that's why a believer cannot be praying through an angel or asking for help from an angel no you are the one that's the heir of salvation you are the one that the whole of creation is looking at and say what is in man what's so special that when this man fell you didn't just collapse this project you still had to come down Deny yourself. Throw away your glory. Put aside the glory and come down to redeem this man. What is special about man? That's why if a believer has a low self-esteem, he needs to just understand salvation a little bit more. If you know what it caused God to die for you, if you know the price Jesus paid, the sufferings of Christ and the glories that are that are to follow, that made him redeem you. If you see, if you know how God sees you, it will cure low self-esteem. Are you following this now? Glory to God. Alright. John 8 56 now says, Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. John 8 56. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 56. Your father, Abraham. Rejoice to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. So Jesus says Abraham saw his day. And Abraham rejoiced. And Abraham was glad. Go to Matthew 13. Verse 16 to 17. Matthew 13, 16 to 17, quickly. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Verse 17. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men, how many of you know Abraham was righteous? All right. Desire to see what you see, they did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear. Jesus say, many people desire to see these things. They were, there was a longing in their heart to see. To see my day. To see salvation. To see redemption. But they didn't see it. Praise God. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13. All these died in faith. Without receiving the promises. But having seen them. And having welcomed them from a distance. And having confessed that they were strangers. And exiles were on the earth. Oh let's read. I like this. And indeed. If they had been thinking of that country from which they went out they would have had opportunity to return but as it is they desire the better country that is a heavenly one therefore God is not ashamed to be their God for he has prepared a city for them by faith when Abraham when by faith Abraham when he was tested offered up Isaac and he who had received the promise was offering up his only begotten son. Now, pay close attention here. Who else in the scriptures was referred to as a begotten son? Jesus. So, the, the experience of Abraham and Isaac was typifying for us the sacrifice of Jesus. You must realize that the scriptures recognize Isaac as the only begotten son of Abraham. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendant shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead from which he also received him back as a type. The King James uses the word as a figure. So the the, the crucifix, not the crucifixion, <laughs> the death of Isaac, the the, the the whole sacrifice of Isaac and the getting up of Isaac And Isaac not dying, and God providing himself a ram of redemption was a figure to tell us that Jesus will be offered. And Jesus would also rise from the dead. Are you understanding that? Now you can take that and preach all kinds of message from it, but the scriptures understand what it's written there. You can say, Bring your Isaac to the altar. You can say, tie your Isaac. You can say whatever you want to say about that, but that was a figure of who of Christ. Are you still here? Okay, now let's let's look into this carefully. How does Paul see this? Galatians three verse eight. Galatians chapter three verse eight. Thank you, Lord. Galatians three eight. The Scripture foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles. So, one of the things they foresaw, pay very close attention to this, was the fact that the Gentiles were also going to be redeemed. Now, you must understand something. All through the Old Testament, no other nation was permitted to walk in the covenant. No other nation had a right to the covenant. No other nation was called the nation of God. Only Israel is the nation of God. Praise God. Only Israel was the nation of God. None of them. But one of the things that the prophet foresaw was the fact that they were, other nations were going to come into the light. Other nations were going to come into revelation of salvation. Then he says, verse what now? Verse 8. The scripture for saying that God will justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel beforehand. See that word again. To Abraham saying. What was the gospel that God preached to Abraham? All. How many nations? All the nations will be blessed where? In you. So then. Those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. Okay. Now. It's a lot of. Uh, but you know verse 13 says christ redeemed us from the curse of the lord having become a curse for us for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree in order in order that in christ jesus the blessing of abraham might come on the gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirits through what faith 15 Uh, brethren i speak in terms of human relations even though it's only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Pay attention to this. He does not say unto seeds. That means when God was uh, pro- promising Abraham, speaking to Abraham, he wasn't just talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, it wasn't seeds, it was seed. And it's easy to miss that. Then he says, as referring to many, but rather to one. So when God was speaking to Abraham, although that, that covenant was repeated with Isaac, Jacob, and the children of Israel, Ephraim, Manasseh, Joseph, and all of that. But all God was concerned about in that proclamation of the blessing was the seed. That means, when we read the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Ephraim, Manasseh, and all of those guys, when we see all of the blessings be proclaimed on them, it was indicative of Christ coming through them. That is why you will observe that God was very intentional. That in every generation, he found someone who kept the covenant. Because that promise had to go from one generation to the other until it culminates where? In Christ. So we had Cain and Abel. So we had Abel. And then Jacob, his brother. Noah found grace in the sight of God. Where the whole world was going crazy, Noah found grace. So you find that even in the Old Testament, grace found some people and picked them To sustain that covenant Grace came, found David sustain that covenant That's why for some of you If grace has found you You don't know what God is, is using you To sustain for the next generation That's why you've got to be careful about your life Because God can pick you up To preserve you To preserve what he's doing on the earth To the next generation Alright Now look at this so that seed is Christ what am I saying what am I saying is this what I am saying is this the law which came 430 years later does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so to nullify the promise what he was trying to say is that this promise had been made to Abraham so when the law even came 430 years after it does not invalidate the gospel God preached to Abraham the law does not invalidate anything Abraham did Abraham was never under the law are you hearing what I'm saying Abraham was not under the law. Abraham was under grace. It was 430 years later that the law was instituted. Okay. Now let's leave all of that. Let's go to 26 for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you were baptized into Christ having clothed yourself with Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free man neither is there male nor female for you are all one in Christ you know sometimes people read this scripture and they still say women cannot preach what Bible do you read? yeah it says we are all one in Christ praise the name of the Lord and if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's descendant, heirs, according to what? According to what? The promise. Okay. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 2. Verse 22. Let's see an interplay of this. Luke 2.22. 22. Um, am I right there this is Luke chapter 1 Luke chapter 2 verse 22 we we can read from verse 21 right so you realize one of the things that Jesus had to do Jesus had to go through all the rudiments of the law and funny enough there are some people who still take these these laws and want to implement them in church today which makes it a little bit tricky and when eight days had passed before his circumcision his name was then called jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb and you know the word jesus the purpose so his name shall be called jesus because he can he will save his people from the sin. and when the days for their purification according to the law of moses was completed they brought him up to jerusalem to present him to the lord now you must observe something That Jesus had to fulfill the requirements of the law because if he did not fulfill the requirements of the law, he would not qualify to be the Messiah. Let me explain something about God. If God sets a law in place, if God sets a, a law in place, because God is also just, now we're not taking away from the sovereignty of God, but pay attention to this, because God is also just, he will walk through that law so that there will not be a place where man will say, well, you broke your own law. Are you following what I'm saying? So let me give you an example. Do you re- let's say you have power like God. Hmm? Just think now. Assume you have power like God. You now created two men to stay in a garden for you. Right? And they messed up. What will you do? Will you come down to redeem man? You just keep both of them and say, we are starting again. We are starting again. Is that not what you would do? I mean, that's what I would do. I will just keep both of them, bury them. At least nobody knows. Nobody has written. Say, let's start again. Do you get what I'm saying? But God didn't do that. Because the authority has been given to man on the earth and if man needed to be redeemed, there had to be that legal process of redemption. That is why pay very close attention to this. It will help you. That's why the scripture calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. You don't accuse people if you don't have legitimate reasons. Are you following what I'm saying? So he accuses the brethren before God. So what God, do- what Satan does is that he takes legitimate reasons and accuses you. And that's why when the scripture says give no room to him It's don't make it possible For him to bring up accusations against you I like it Like with Job You know he couldn't bring anything against Job But some of us Some of us You say that we just ask God How many (laughs) How many Which type Because Daily we just give, we give, we arm Satan with tools. <laughs> you know, for some of us, Satan can just win against us without even judging the case. He said, God, just give or take. Let me give you five. Without even thinking. Even if you don't say, God, I canceled the ten of yesterday. Give this person one. Alright, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> okay. Interesting, right? But you know, the scripture also says this, right? Let me balance that up. (laughs) But the scripture also says this, right? It says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. See that word there again? Not only is God faithful, just, that's a legal word. That's why Jesus had to pay for your sins so that there will be a justification for disannoying the accusation of Satan. So the spiritual word is not just anywhere below his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why as a believer, you must know who you are in Christ. That's why till today, the only ministry that Jesus continued after his resurrection is to make intercessions for us. And how will he do that? So the confession of your sin you admit guilt to your advocate. And then your advocate is now um, enabled to take up your case. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why if you understand how this thing works, your lawyer will tell you, tell me the truth. You can't lie to your lawyer. You say, I killed the person. He say, okay, no problem. How did you kill the person? You say, okay, when we go to court, don't say you killed. Do you understand? Because it is what you say that will be used against you. So he now says, say what I say. So your lawyer now goes and interprets the constitution. Let me tell you, if you go to court, it is not who is right that comes free. It is whose lawyer is wise and understands the constitution so god now christ takes your place you confess your sin to him you admit your guilt to him he forgives and he cleanses you then he takes your place in intercession and pleads the blood and talks about the redemption how he took your place you become in christ and then you walk away free are you hearing what i'm saying you know maybe this will help somebody you know sometimes some of you sin and you think that god does not know you, you know, you you just think God does not know. So you just pray in tongues to cover it. But know, shake it a bit. <laughs> and God is saying, when you are done, let's talk. You know, some of you are like that. You just feel, yeah, I, mean, "I mean, you can be praying to go to your girlfriend's house now. You'll be praying that God will help you, that he, she will be at home. And you know what you want to do. Say, Lord, do let her not go. Let her not go. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So when Luke chapter 2, verse 22, right? It says, And when the days of the application according to the law of Moses was completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Pay attention to this. Those of you who talk about the redemption of firstborn, the law states that everyone that opens the womb, whether animal or man, belongs to God. It is when you now want to use that person for yourself that you now pay the redemption. It's like you are buying that person, listen carefully. Oh. It's like you are buying that person from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So by default, every firstborn belongs to God. Every firstborn is not cost. So by, listen, by default, if you are a firstborn, know that you belong to God. Like me. <laughs> you if my father wants me that he needs to redeem me. But he doesn't want me. He left me to God. Do you understand this? So that whole theology of that every firstborn is caused, they need to be redeemed, even basic without inter... Look at it here now. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. It was the law of God, including animals. I mean, you hear preachers today say, if you are firstborn, you are caused, you need to be delivered. What's this whole thing about deliverance about? A preacher shouldn't be going about looking for demons. Praise God? Alright. Thank you, Lord. Okay. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous. Remember what we read before in 1 Peter. That righteous men, they desired this thing, okay? And devout. Looking for the consolation of Israel. Remember what we read in 1 Peter? They were carefully doing what? Searching and doing What? Inquiring, so this man was one of them, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Remember what we read in Peter: the Holy Spirit within them was what indicating. Do you remember that? Okay. Verse twenty-six, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Wow, this is powerful and he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the Lord then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said now Lord you are releasing your bond servant to depart in peace I found life of Simeon interesting how does God keep a man alive and say you know what I just want you to see Jesus and when you see him you can die glory to God you know what I learned from this scripture practically it means God's promises to you can keep you alive oh God's promises to you can keep you alive nothing you, ha- you could have done to Simeon will make him die because what was happening he was waiting for the consolation of Israel God's word has the ability to keep your body from death God's promises that's why for some of you you know you live very long because when you look at your life now look at the promises you know it's still far <laughs> I mean are you hearing what I'm saying God spoke to you about your children Spoke to you about your children's children Spoke to you about thoughts you do in the nations I mean you just know Glory to God Alright And he came in this uh, uh, verse, verse 29 Now Lord you are releasing your bronze servant to depart in peace according to your word For my eyes Have seen what Do you realize he did not say My eyes have seen Jesus Or my eyes have seen the child Do you understand? He says, my eyes have seen what? Your salvation. That means by the spirit, he knew that Jesus' salvation. So he saw his day. Okay. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Verse 32. Simeon now quotes Isaiah. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So Jesus was a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and He was the glory of His people Israel. And His father and mother were amazed at these things. Scripture has been said about Him. They didn't, they didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. It wasn't like they had Jesus, and then Mary was say, "Hey man, come and see the Savior of the world." I'm given birth to the Savior of the world. No, they also they, they, when they heard these words, they they know that these were the words of the prophet Isaiah. They, so they were amazed. They were amazed. It's like when Jesus went to the temple and opened to the book of Isaiah and read the scriptures and said, to this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. People looked at him. let, Let me tell you, you know, we don't honor where we do. Let me not use the word we don't. But we don't, I don't know. but The honor we give to scriptures today is not like the Jews give to it, even till tomorrow. Are you hearing? For some of them, they cannot pronounce the name of the Lord. It's too holy. It's too, it's too reverential for them. If the, if the scribes are to translate the scriptures, when they get to the name of the Lord, they will go and wash their hands and cleanse themselves and write it. So when, when they took the scroll of Isaiah, it wasn't like they just opened their iPad and was just flipping. It. No, it, it was reverential they knew that these were the words of the prophets of god it, they didn't handle it with it wasn't callous their worship of god was never callous it was detailed you know the old testament priest when he got into the holy of holies he had a bell around his skirts you know he had his long and had a bell around his skirts right and they had a rope on his leg you know why they did that do you know why they did that because as he sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat and in the most holy place, if he was sin in his life, or there was an unconfessed sin, or something goes wrong, the Lord will strike him dead, and nobody could go him to go in to carry him. There was no CPR; you couldn't perform that. It wasn't like, oh, pastor just fell dead. Oh, hey, rush, Russia. You can't go, if you rush there, you will die too. <laughs> you can't rush till you're dead. They would have to pull him back with the rope. No one could enter into the holy place. You couldn't. It was only one high priest that would do that. And he could only do that once in a year. But thank God for Jesus. The Bible says when Jesus died... On the cross, the curtain that separated the holy place was torn from the top to the bottom and the holy place was made accessible. And we could, we can stand up from our bed today and lift our hands and say thank you Jesus and we're doing that from the most holy place. And you know, when we live carelessly, it's because we don't understand the implication of what Jesus has done. Listen, you should, you should honor the Lord out of the love for the sacrifice He paid for you. You couldn't go to the, to the, to the, to the temple. Or they asked for three total dove, you brought two and a half. Right? Or <laughs> on the Sabbath day, you say you have town's meeting. They were to cook a day before the Sabbath, and they were not to cook at the Sabbath day. They were not to lift anybody. They were not to do anything. I, I know of a friend, a, a friend who went to school who had he had a Jewish classmate, and they, the Jews they still observe the Sabbath till tomorrow. If you if 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 um, if. <laughs> If they were writing in class, he did not write. Couldn't lift anything. Just that. He did not write. If you like him several times, he won't break that law. One time, I was coming from South Africa, and I had a, a South African guy who was studying in in, in, um, in Israel. He had become a rabbi. Was studying to become a rabbi. Had all those rabbi stuff all over him. And I realized in over that flight we have over how many hours flight? Just barely four five hours flight. All the prayer times, the man observed them. All the prayer times. Observed it. Had a shawl over his head. Had a shawl over his head. Brought out uh, uh, the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Did his psalms. Did everything. I'm like, God, thank you. <laughs> thank God that you died for me. And you know, we in the play, we just concerned. We're hungry. Food. Bring food. Watch movie. We never can read about prayer. Say, Lord, let me see my family in peace. I left in peace, I will not end in pieces. We are prayed, you know, you know, you know, that's us. We, we are prayed. <laughs> you see, let me tell you something bring a level of, of honor and discipline to your Christianity, you will enjoy God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Bring a level of reverence when you read the word, do it reverentially. learn it, bring a level let me put it, bring a level of orthodoxy into your worship thank God for grace but there is a liberty that has come to us that has made us to forget the reverence and the honor of God that's why teaching of God's word can be going on and people would walk out and take calls do whatever they want to do God's word can be taught and people are busy writing short notes to each other See, Pastor, I told you our pastor is funny and they write notes. And, they, I, I'm, and, and I'm teaching the Word of God. And I'm reading the Scriptures. Are, are you following this now? There is a reverence around the things of God that we need to restore, especially in the Pentecostal faith. You know, when you go to the Orthodox churches, when they are reading God's Word, everybody will stand. We call them old school. But there is a reverence. You know, Orthodox churches. When you come late and prayer is being made, they would lock the door yeah. to keep you outside. When the priest was reading the word. But you know, if you do that here, you'll be offended. You join the next church. How can they lock the house of God? See, if I don't mind, they're stupid. They are not the house of God. I'm the house of God. Second Corinthians I say, "I'm the temple of God." And you know, <laughs> let me teach. Luke two thirty four. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, for a sign to be opposed. A sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was prophetess, Anna, the daughter of the the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then I say, widow, I like this. To the age of 84, 84, she was still coming to church. She never left the temple. Just say, ah, my husband has died. What am I serving God for? She never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. You would okay. Let me ask you. Sir, let me ask you this question: What is an eighty-four-year-old woman looking for? Serving the Lord with fasting and prayer. Is she looking for her husband? Eighty-four years old. She never left the temple. Serving the Lord in fasting and prayer. Here you are, 25, 26, 27. You can hardly fast. Look at that discipline. The old widow, 84 years. She never left the temple. Serving night and day with fasting and prayer. What was she fasting for? Not a car, not a house. The spirit was indicating something in them were looking for the redemption of israel look at this at that very moment she came up and began giving thanks to god and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of jerusalem something in her picked up that this is the messiah hallelujah praise the name of the lord now Let's go to Isaiah 9, 1, because that's where um, Simeon got that quote from, that phrase. Remember that phrase? A light of revelation to, to the Gentiles, praise God, and the glory of your people Israel. Go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many of you are grateful that Jesus paid the price for us? I'm telling you, boy. I'm telling you. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter nine, verse one. It's a long reading, but we will. Um, we will stop at verse. Let's let's look at Isaiah nine one to three. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. Okay, um, in the earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious. By the way of the sea, on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, when you read this, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. What is he saying? But what he was trying to say, in brief, was the fact that there was gloom in all of this land. But now Jesus was going to conduct his ministry by Galilee, by that very land. And what's going to happen, it's going to bring Jaw, it will be glorious so when you read Isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 it was descriptive of the Savior the Messiah conducting his ministry along the lines of Galilee verse 2 tells us more the people who work in darkness will see a great light so when he says we'll see a great light what light was he talking about it was Jesus praise God are you still here all right Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nation. You shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence. As with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when the divide is spoiled. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders. The rod of their oppressors as the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle torment. And the cloak rolled in blood will be for burning. Fire for fire. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called what? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government. Or of peace. Look at this. Gives us an indication of who he's talking about. He says on the throne of David. And over his kingdom. To establish it. To uphold it with justice and righteousness. For then on and forevermore. The zeal of the host of the Lord will accomplish this. Matthew chapter 4. Imagine just reading that and you don't have Matthew. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4 what do you think Matthew chapter 4 verse 12 let's read now when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody he withdrew into Galilee remember the prophecy of Isaiah and leaving Nazareth he came and settled in Campanion which is by the sea remember that it says by the way of the sea Alright, so Jesus had to move now. What, what, what was that movement about? Fulfilling of prophecies. Fulfilling of prophecies. So when you read that, you can indicate, you can know. Alright, okay. In the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. So what does it mean by that? When Jesus moved into that place, come on, come on, the new light had come. Are you following this? All right. And those who were sitting in the land a shadow of death, upon them the light had dawned. I don't have time to explain. Let me throw it there if you want to study. The shadow of death was actually speaking of the Lord. Because the Lord is a shadow. Christ is light. Alright? But when Christ came, remember what we read in Corinthians? When you read the Lord, a veil is upon you. But when you turn to the Lord, what happens? That veil is removed those who were in the shadow of death upon them a light has dawned from that time jesus began to preach and say repent for what the kingdom of heaven is at hand i've explained that word to you right what at hand means all right okay let's look let's look at moses quickly we're going to uh sing a bit all right so uh, those of you who sing we're going to sing can I, can I quite sing Hebrew songs? We're going to look for one ancient Hebrew song. <laughs> but we'll sing a song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Just thanking and honoring the name of the Lord. Alright? Daniel 8.15. You know a lot of the songs we sing today, we sing them about ourselves, right? Hello? Do you think a lot of the songs we sing today is about honoring God? Alright? Huh? Hey, come on now. Help me. I might be wrong. Hmm? You know, most songs are not about extolling the greatness of God. Right? It's not about honoring Him. It's not about, you know. Even when you sing, Lift Jesus, Lift Him, Lift Him, Lift Him, Lift Him, Lift Him, Lift Him. Lift him, lift him, lift him, lift him. We are very callous in our worship. <laughs> And everyone know, wants to lift him. We lift him and throw him up. Lift him, lift him, lift him, I lift him, I lift him, I lift him. Lift him. <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes I wonder how God feels. I really wonder. Sometimes I feel for him. Because he's, he's a lot about us. Yeah? You know, people that you just sing a song. Maybe you we'll just sing a song. We we'll bless the name of the Lord. We we'll just worship him. We we'll bless him. They won't be moved. But just saying, he has blessed me. Oh, they will remove suits. You know, it, once it's about them, then energy comes. Once it's about him, so let's go do quickly. God then God is not, how do I put it? Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. This is what Moses said. He says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you i read this and i was like god what a statement what boldness this man had what walk this man had with god how will a man stand before the whole nation of israel over 3.5 million people and says you know what guys oh a prophet like unto me would god raise up for you this man was 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 amazing moses was the real deal And you know, it was the people who God called him to lead that killed him. Asking for water, 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 water. And God says, speak to the rock. And you know, Moses was so special. At the time, the Lord wanted to destroy the children of Israel. And he says, I'll make a nation from you. And Moses says, no. He says, if you would do that. He says, blot my name from the book of life. How did he know his name was in the book of life? He said... You you can serve God with confidence. How did he know? And you hear people today say, <laughs> you know, because for some of them, he, he said that day, that day, nobody will know. Even who you think we go, we not go. Even who is, you know, it's like booking. You know, just do that. You are on standby. You're not an angel just call your name. I, uh, Jumbo Judas, uh, stand by. Say, no, I can't be stand by. <laughs> Can I enter? <laughs> Do you understand that? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. If you are sinning, you know. You know. Do you understand? If there is hatred in your heart now, you know. If there is envy, you know. If you are living here to a girl's house, you know. You know. If you are somebody's husband, you know. If there's lo- leave all these things on that day, we will not know. You know. <laughs> I don't, I, why do we make it look like uh, this thing is just a mystery? We we'll just hear trouble. Uh, say not Okay, you make him know. Ah, uh, you not know, make him know. Hey, How we to do? No, you listen, listen, listen. You know if you are sinning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'll preach a message in August called Tender Conscience. You have to let your conscience be telling you the truth. When you lie, you know. And when that conscience is no longer beaten. <laughs> do you understand it? Uh-huh. You know how it is now. You do something, your conscience beats you. You do something. Thereafter, you just close the conscience. Then you start justifying. Heaven help those who help themselves. Christianity is not stupidity. You will not be quoting the Bible again. You will be quoting what will aid your snared conscience. The scripture calls it what? A snared conscience. Listen, don't ever get there. Don't ever get to where your conscience is not pricked. This is a word of knowledge for someone before we teach the message in August. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. Let's get back there. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from, from your countrymen, you shall listen to him. Okay, now, go to Acts chapter 3, chapter 3. We'll, we'll wrap up here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are, are you blessed? Alright, Acts chapter 3. Don't worry, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> Acts chapter 3 verse 11. Oh thank you Lord. We will just read this and then we'll just worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you Lord. Acts 3:11. All right, we'll stop in verse 26. Can we read? Okay. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called particular of Solomon full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, "Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by own power or piety or religious Uh, We we made him walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. Right? Now, I know some of you did not pay attention to that. But when we read the book of Isaiah, did you see where he talked about he would be the glory of Israel? Did 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 you pick that phrase? Did you pick that phrase? Okay. See what he said here? He had glorified Jesus. Okay, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of pilate when he had decided to release him but you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you but to put to death the prince of life the one whom god raised from the dead a fact to which we are witnesses and on the basis of faith in his name it is the name of jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know and the faith that come through him And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. And I'll show you next week how the Psalms talks about the fact that the rulers will give Jesus up. Therefore repent. Sorry, 18. But the things which God announced beforehand pay attention, by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has those what? Thirst fulfilled. Therefore repent, and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of our Lord, and that he may send Jesus, the Christ or the Messiah appointed for you. Whom heaven must receive until the period of the restoration of all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times. Moses said, That's why we're reading this. I I didn't want to just start from verse 22. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken, from who? I didn't hear you. From who? From Samuel. And what? His successors onward also announced what? these days they so all the prophets announced only one thing what did they announce the day of the lord the day of salvation jesus it is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers saying to Abraham and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed for you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by what turning away every one of you from your wicked ways so the blessing was the blessing turning them from their wicked ways hallelujah how many of us are grateful for the gift of God Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's, let's stand on our feet. Let's sing something to the Lord. Just worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Father. Oh, let's lift our hands and just honor the Lord and just reverence him. And say, Father, we're grateful. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. Oh, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for the holy written word. We thank you for the scriptures that make How us wise for salvation. How great thou art.